This is Conversations with Mashi Lipsker. Agutner of Shabbos, Hamashi Lipsker. This is Chai FM, and the Shabbos ahead of us is special indeed. Days are getting shorter. We're going to light our candles at 18 minutes past five, and Shabbos will be out tomorrow night at eight minutes past six. So what we want to do is to seize the opportunity in the time. We're still in the time of the counting of the Omer, the time of refining ourselves, the time of viewing an aspect of ourselves that's unique each and every day and trying to work with it. And during this time, in the parasha we read about education. Parsha's Emor, Hashem says to Moshe, say the following laws to the priests. And they must instruct these laws to their children in order to train them in their observance. The children must also be trained and they must know about it. It's the responsibility of the elders to teach the younger ones. It's a responsibility that is taken very, very seriously. Emar Marta, tell the priests that they must teach the younger ones. This is something of such importance. We are facing times where it is more important than ever to make education a top priority. We must do our best to turn our children into the responsible, moral people who will lead the world tomorrow. We need to understand it's not up to the schools. It's up to us, the parents. Our children want us, our approval. We mustn't water down the standards. We must, as we say with the counting of the Omer, polish, instruct again and again until our children will shine and illuminate the entire world. So in the Parsha this week, he speaks about the elder priests instructing the younger priests that they must not become defiled. A very lofty concept of tuma. Tuma. It's not even logical. Nevertheless, a child has a soul and the capacity to develop a sensitivity to things spiritual. Children are recently of God. They are very spiritual. And it's up to us to work with them and enhance what they're born with. We mustn't make the mistake that when they'll grow up, they'll figure it out. The younger the child, the more receptive. It's like planting. We will have a big harvest if we plant. We need to implant in children a sense of confidence, a sense of yes, I can, a sense of try, try again, a sense of I love you, 
but I expect you to really, really do your very best. Of course, children have feelings, but those feelings may be immature. If we respect their feelings, but don't, but are not guided by their feelings, that's a wonderful beginning. We need to absolutely know that our child has a big neshama, and that neshama deserves the best. It deserves mitzvahs, and we need to train our children, and not to be afraid that it's going to be too much for them. We need to provide a warm environment, a secure environment. But we mustn't make the mistake of thinking that the way to a child's development is through buying them things. A way to through, to a child's happiness is by giving them things. I always love to tell that story that Rabbi Yossi Hecht's father. Rabbi J.J. Hecht of Blessed Memory told us. And that story was, he said, we were born just around the Big Depression. We were born at the time of the Big Depression, but we still got one cent a week. And we didn't spend it right away. We got our penny on Sunday. We would take it home. We would put it in the drawer. And we would keep it there while we went to look in the candy store to think... What shall I buy with my penny this week? By Wednesday, we'd made our choice. We took the treasure home and put it in the drawer on a folded piece of paper. And all day Wednesday, just looked. We would sneak peeks. We would look at this wonderful, sweet chocolate ball, candy stick that we had bought. Wednesday, we didn't even eat it. Thursday morning, we began to lick, to nibble. And then he would say, nothing ever tasted as good. And he would conclude by saying, in today's times, we have given our children everything, everything except the taste of anticipation. And he called it the taste of poverty. There's a good side to every challenge. We need to give our children the tools with which they can build inner character and inner strength. When you work for something, when you wait for something, it tastes much sweeter than the things that you just get. Our shops are full of toys and sweets and sugary cereals and we do want our children to have a happy life. But the question is, can we buy happiness? Can we give happiness? And we know that happiness cannot be bought. It cannot be given. Happiness is something that we need to work for. And the biggest happiness is when we make somebody else happy. When you give happiness away, Nothing fills you like that feeling of giving. We need to train ourselves or retrain ourselves because all around us, almost nobody's doing it. Where are the home values? MRV or Marta, 
The parish is telling us, warn the older ones to take care of the younger ones. Children are not mature. Children don't have the inner strength. They need to be trained slowly but surely. We're not talking about being cruel or punishing. It's about being measured, clear. Consequences are important. The child then gets security. If everything comes their way, and all they need to do is raise their voice, scream, shout, tantrum, threaten, but all the other parents allow it, we're creating a monster. And we're not creating someone who can be happy. We're actually contributing, God forbid, to someone who can never feel full. The only way that a person can feel good is if they achieve something by themselves. You can give and give and give, but it doesn't match to what someone does on their own. And when we allow children to taste the reward of their efforts, you worked hard, you deserve. If you do this, you will earn that. And we're strict about it, strict in a kind way. We are doing what the Oimer really teaches us to do. It teaches us to blend things skillfully. Kindness, but all free, outpouring chesed kindness is not kindness, it's cruelty. Whereas if the kindness is tempered and channeled and focused, then it is appreciated. It's like the story that my husband loves to tell about the spoiled kid, the rich kid, whose father one Saturday night called him over and said, My son, here are the keys to the Cadillac. Here's my platinum credit card. Go and have a good time. And the son turns around and says, Old man, don't tell me what to do. We create monsters. It's never enough. We can't fill them up. A person must be taught how to fill himself up. Things must be earned. Things must be measured. Every person deserves to taste the sweet taste of achievement. That's not something you can package and buy. It's not something you can bring in on a tray. It's something the person needs to do on his own. And so the Parsha says, Emor Viomarto, tell the priests that they must say these laws to their children to train them in their observance. Rashi says an amazing thing. Rashi says, To warn the older ones over the younger ones. Hasidic teaching says, look at that word, lahashir. Lahashir can also be from the word zohar, to shine. When we train our children in this way, that we give them absolute truth. We don't water it down. We don't make it 
in a silly way age-appropriate. We make it in a clever way age-appropriate, in a fun way, in a way that's suited to their age but is not changed or watered down. What happens is the child begins to shine and the teacher, the parent, begins to shine. Because whenever Hashem gives us a mitzvah, whenever Torah instructs us to do something, it's not just a mitzvah, but a nesinas koyach. It gives us the strength to do that particular instruction of God. It's a command and an empowerment. And what happens is that when a person does a mitzvah. Then that pintalayid, nekudata yahadut, that essential neshoma part of us is aroused. And nothing can stand in its way. It's not a matter of it's too much and so on. It's this feeling of, yes, I can. Even if it's a habit even if it doesn't make so much sense, even if the person is not so sensitive, when you touch that deep place within him, which doing a mitzvah does, suddenly the person comes to life and wants more. We have that mission to look after the children. That we ourselves begin to shine when we work at educating our children. And that is why, when Hashem was giving the Torah at Sinai, and He asked the people for a guarantee that they would look after His precious Torah, He did not accept any of their offers. Not the patriarchs weren't a good guarantee, and not the prophets, and not the leaders and the teachers, until they said, Bonenu arevim ba'denu. Our children will stand as guarantors. And Hashem said, right. If you promise to teach the Torah to your children, then I'm going to give you the Torah. And don't just teach your children the basics. Don't just teach them kind of the superficial. Teach them and teach them until the children sparkle and the mitzvahs sparkle. Don't just give them the basics. Give them the best education. Zahiras, lahazhir, zohar, to shine. Give them the mahadrin. Give them beyond the letter of the law mitzvah. Don't just, okay, so we'll have a little mitzvah on our door. We must have the best mitzvah for the best protection. Okay. You make a bracha, sometimes you do, sometimes you don't over your food. Come on. If I'm serious about it, my child would become inspired and will never want to eat without making a blessing over food or saying grace after meals afterwards. We'll be right back after this short break. This is Conversations with Mashi Lipsker. I'm Mashi Lipsker, back with you on Chai FM. And we're talking about education, the responsibility of parents. You can't leave it to the schools. Children want their parents' approval. They want their parents' involvement. 
They want their parents' attention. Are we giving it to them? Children want to have fun with their parents. They want to learn from their parents. They want to spend time with their parents. And the time spent and what they learn from us shouldn't just be empty things. Time is running away. Let's fill the time we spend with them. Let's fill it with constructive things. Read them wonderful stories. Teach them, explain to them, and train them to do the mitzvahs of God. Their mitzvahs are so precious to Hashem, and they are the reason that God gave us the Torah and brought the Torah into the entire world. And don't just give them the basic. Give them beyond the letter of the law. Give them the best, the best Jewish education. Give them the highest standard of doing a mitzvah. No, we don't want them to feel negative about all the don'ts, but there's so many do's. The Parsha this week is all about the festivals. How in our families do we celebrate the festivals? Do we make the children's favorite food, have wonderful company, get them to make the little place cards and the welcome sign on the door? Do we involve them in the meal that they can tell about the Parsha that they learned or tell a story or share a thought or sing a song? It's a family. And families not only do things together, but according to Torah, the family is the foundation. When Hashem spoke to us at Sinai, there were men, there were women, there were children. And He spoke to each one according to what they could hear. The individual is important. The Parsha this week is that Hashem says to Moshe, Say to the Kohanim, what do the Kohanim have to do with all of this? Who were the Kohanim? Kohanim are the people who helped others to feel closer to Hashem. And we must be the Kohanim in our families. Our homes must be a miniature temple. By that we mean a place of holiness, a place of joy, a place in which we can feel God's presence, a place in which God can feel comfortable, comfortable with the books that are there and the magazines and the media that's there, the technology that's there, a place where he feels comfortable with the food that's there, with the paintings on the wall, a place where he feels comfortable with the tone of voice that people address each other in, a place where he feels comfortable with the way we use the blessings he has given us, the way we use our monetary wealth. Do we have the less fortunate at our table, the way we use our own personalities? Do we try to give our children the best of ourselves? Do we think about our children first and foremost and include them in the mitzvahs that can be done in the home? The mitzvahs that can be done in the home are the basic mitzvahs. 
much more than in the shul or in the school or in any other institution. At home, we have kosher. We light Shabbos candles. Tefillin can be put on. Holy Jewish books must line the walls, proudly saying this is a Jewish home. That's where we can educate our children. Where the food is kosher, where there's a mezuzah on every doorpost that needs it, protecting the people, protecting their health. There's a place where they see the father and the mother study the Torah. There's a place where they see a purity in the atmosphere, a place where they feel love. Most of the mitzvahs that are important are in the home. And it's the parents who will show it to the children. It's not about school or Sunday school or something where they'll hear about it, but, well, you know, really, this is just so that I can get my bar mitzvah. This is about life. The Torah is called the Torah of life. And the kohanim are people who help others get close to Hashem and feel that closeness and rise in that closeness. And so it is with parents. We have to strive to educate our youth not just to know Torah, not just to be well-versed in these wonderful teachings, but through the study of Torah to draw close to God himself. And so it's amazing that this instruction that the elders teach the youngers is found in the same Torah portion where we read about the counting of the Omer. If the instruction appears in the very same parsha when we're speaking about educating, we're speaking about refining. The counting of the Omer is about educating ourselves as a nation so that we constantly become better and better, sphera, gleaming, shining. And it's such a wonderful message, a message we should send out to our children. This is the time of the Omer. I am counting, but I am working on the areas in my life that need improvement. It's such an appropriate mitzvah, it's such an appropriate time to send out that message, an appropriate time for us to realize that there are children everywhere. They may be our own biological children, a child in years. Maybe it's a child in Jewish knowledge, someone who needs to know more. Maybe it's the child within me. This is a time to polish, to educate. This is a time to grow and prepare for the giving of the Torah at Sinai. But on a practical level, education must be the top priority. The teachers who teach our children must be people who don't just look at this as a job. That's not what it is. But it's their calling. It's their vocation. It's the importance, the value of not just imparting information, but of molding character. And the only way 
that a child can really hear what the teacher is saying is if the teacher lives what he speaks. Similarly, the parents can speak, but what they do is the real teacher. Those who think, look, it's a job and I'm good at it, so I'm just going to do it, are missing the point. Because we know clearly that money, parnosa, comes from the one above. Some people don't do very much, and they earn a lot. Others work so hard and never quite do it. Big responsibility. A child? It's a gift, but a responsibility. The teacher we entrust our children into has to really believe in what he or she is, she is doing. You've got to believe it. But when it comes to educating children, it's got to also be shining out of him. It has to be this incredible, incredible pleasure in seeing those children, in teaching those children. The children need to see how much hard work, how much effort, how much zest and animation the teacher puts into putting the lesson across to them and how the teacher lives the way the teacher speaks. We have to understand that our children are our greatest wealth. It's not houses. It's not property. It's not money in the bank. It's our children, our spiritual children as well, our students. We need to understand the privilege in having a child, in nurturing a child, for these children are God's children. We are the guardians. We are the privileged ones. And that's why this incredible story of the teacher. It was a teacher who came to the Rebbe and said he's tired of teaching. He's looking for a new career. And he basically said there just isn't enough appreciation given to teachers. And the Rebbe said as follows. There are those who feel that teaching little children is an undignified position. I, on the other hand, said the Rebbe, consider teacher to be the highest title of honor. And then he said, you know, the Rambam, Maimonides writes that in the Holy Temple, only the greatest ones in Israel, the Rosh Yeshiva, the members of the high court and the elders, they would dance and rejoice in the temple on the festival of Sukkot. The others, men, women, they would just watch. Only the greatest teachers. As a teacher, he told this young man, you are the modern-day Rosh Hashiva that the Rambam, Maimonides, is referring to. And of course, when this teacher heard the deep esteem that the Rebbe had for teachers, he decided to continue teaching. We live in a very, very um, greedy and shallow society sometimes. And people are looking for what they think will bring them happiness more and more and more for themselves. But it is the greatest privilege to mold another life. As parents, we have to remember 
that we need desperately to value, respect, and work toward fulfilling the great privilege and responsibility that Hashem has given us when He gives us a child. And of course, there are times when a person is tired and out of patience. And, of course, that other story. You remember about the father who told the Rebbe that he had a problem, that he loses his temper, and to his eternal regret, he hits his children sometimes. He says, what can I do? I need to stop this terrible behavior. And the Rebbe gave him a perspective. He said, contemplate this fact. As much as they are your children, they are God's children. You wouldn't hit someone else's child, would you? You surely wouldn't hit a child of God. If you keep this in mind, your hand will tremble before you strike your child. We have to understand we're not alone. There are three partners in the creation of a child. There's the Holy One, blessed be He, Father and the Mother. We're never alone. God is ever there helping us, supporting us, and giving us new opportunities to do even better and better for His child. So let's take inspiration from this week to take our parenting seriously. We are the guardians of God's children. Emor v'yomarta. Lahashir g'doyli malhakatanim. Let's make sure that we give our children the very, very best. The very best, of course, food that's healthy, the very best emotional support, mental stimulation, spiritual development, and an atmosphere of joy and security in which to grow. A good Shabbos.